0: Hey there, fellow conductors of the Metaphysical Examination, and welcome to the CrossFit for the week of March 27th, 2017. We've got a really exciting episode coming up for you guys here. We're stepping into the world of the Lawnmower Man and the Lawnmower Man, that's all I got at the moment, but we're stepping into the world of virtual reality. We're talking with Jake Zim, the Senior VP of Sony VR. We've also got a lot of great news coming up. A lot of good stuff. If you all want to miss it, stick around.
1: Still Playing With Toys.net presents The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad The biggest podcast since 1909 So free News,
0: interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters Are you the key master? Here are your hosts, Troy
1: Benjamin and Chris Stewart Don't look at me, I think these people are completely nuts
0: As well. uh, what? what what was that what was that uh, crisp delicious uh coca-cola advertisement that you it was
2: me enjoying 150 calories of high c ecto cooler
0: <laughs> only 700 grams of sugar yeah uh, uh let's see here oh like 41 grams 41 yeah it's, it's a lot it's a lot but it
2: is, however, 100% of my daily vitamin C intake, so that's good. That's
0: miraculous. That's that's modern science right there.
2: And only uh, uh, 25 milligrams of sodium. So really, no,
1: that's okay, the worst know. for you. It? No, could
0: be a lot worse. Yeah.
1: No,
2: not a significant source of fat, calorie, saturated fat, trans fat, cholesterol, <laughs> fiber, vitamin A, calcium, and iron. It's a lot of things. I drink water. Percent daily values are based on a 2,000 calorie diet. All
0: right. So there you go. Well, there you have it. There you have it. Ecto-cooler. Uh, nutritious and delicious.
2: <laughs> Shake gently before enjoying. Oops.
0: Uh, do that. Well, you know, it's not carbonated, so you'll be okay. But uh, uh, good day, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Good day, and welcome to the show. Hey, <laughs> good day, eh? Uh, I noticed uh, we, we saw each other. We're going to talk about it here a little bit in the show. But I noticed you said process mm. a couple of times, and... Uh, and and my fellow americans were tickled by it when we were uh, having have, having a little conversation and everybody was like what? oh the canadian he's so what cool. did when, when did i
2: say process
0: it was it was uh, during small chat before the press event you had said and uh. i can't even remember in what context but you said it twice and there was I, there was that little gleam in people's eyes like, <laughs> sorry you're, I one, don't, you're I wonderful don't drag Excellent. out my vowel. process <laughs>
2: Process. Process. You know I'm a Canadian because I'm too polite to give a damn how you pronounce things. <laughs> process. Give me some uh, process. I mean, you,
0: you did say that you had uh, you had some pronunciation uh, issues with a, a couple of shopkeepers here that uh, didn't. What was it? T- uh, toys? Bagels. Toys. <laughs>
2: toys. <laughs> toys. Toys. Yes, I'm looking for toys. Lego toys. But see, Toys. toys.
0: Wall. See that one seems innocuous enough that it shouldn't be that big of a deal, but that's uh, not a pronunciation.
2: Yeah. That's quite. That he's not. He's not uh, big on the English, and I'm not big on the Spanish.
0: <laughs> but we got it
2: worked out, and it
0: was fine. Everything really worked out fine.
2: Yeah, that's uh, not a pronunciation. You'll notice neither one of us uh, teased the other one, and uh, there you go.
0: Everything was fine. Yeah,
2: that's right. We peace all was maintained
0: hand in hand.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. Actually, I did enjoy though uh 99 cent only uh it was quite it was quite good actually um, a lot of the 99 cent stores here there's some stuff that you'd recognize as name brand but a lot of it is oh, like, so like off-brand uh off-brand stuff yeah. and all that is never good yeah never good like i i made the mistake of going in with thomas once because actually the one thing dollar stores are good for is they're good uh, cheap kid decorations for
0: for holidays. Sure, yeah, parties and yeah.
2: Yeah, so I went in with him uh, at one point, and uh, he latched onto a giant bag of popcorn. That's the other thing that's never good. Even the high end stuff made by like Frito Lay or whatever. If your popcorns pop for you and then sealed in a bag,
0: no no, no, no,
2: and let's just say that as bad as the uh, the, the high end stuff is, oh, the low end
0: yeah it's not that's packing peanuts
2: basically yeah oh my god yeah like i opened it up i we opened it up and i had some because part of me was like well that's delightful a giant bag of popcorn for family movie night and i'm like no popcorn's not supposed to put a chemical aftertaste in the back of your throat No. no
0: Uh, no, 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 no. But that was the surprising thing about the stuff that, uh, shout out to our good friend Naoki, who sent uh, the Japanese popcorn. That stuff was still delicious. The sweet and uh, sour. Uh, did you get that that bag from him? Did I get some of that? No, I don't think I did. It's like the salty popcorn, and then it's got the, uh, was it caramel corn? I can't remember what the other one. It was, but it, So you end up having this sort of sweet and savory. Uh, sort of like Japanese,
2: Japanese kettle corn.
0: Yeah, Japanese kettle corn. And it was still, it wasn't like the stale, like you were saying, the chemical aftertaste, the... Whatever the uh, preservative, the uh, cereal varnish that they put on it, or whatever the (laughs) disgusting stuff is that keeps it from going even more stale. But yeah, it it tastes pretty good. Pretty good stuff. Ghostbusters popcorn, if you're in Japan, I highly recommend it if you have the means. There you go.
2: No, so I, like I said, uh, 99, just 99 cents? 99 cents cents only? Yeah, yeah.
0: They've they've Uh, picked up their game.
2: Yeah. Good selection of candy cheap, and um, that is where I found – it was funny because I, w- I went in I was like – I was there for Lego Dimensions because readers had said, look, Lego Dimensions, and they were like four bucks or something. I was like, I got to pick up some Lego Dimension <laughs> figures. But that was a month ago. It was a long yeah. shot. And I went in and I said, well, what are the chances? Okay, so I literally walked down an aisle. Got to where the juice boxes were and went, no, no ecto-cooler. And then I, <laughs> for some reason, I was like, well, should I carry on down the lane? And something was like, go back the other way. And I'm like, I don't, I was already at the back of the store and there's no Lego. Why am I like, oh my God, it's a wall, wall of cans. It's a wall of ecto-cooler cans. <laughs> and they were like four for a buck. Wow. So, and I looked up and they were all uncrated. Except for one flat of 12 up at the top. And I was like, that's just about That's perfect. yours. Yeah. Three bucks at Ecto Cooler in its own flat. And away it goes. Now, admittedly, I had one of those already that you gave me, but that's gone.
0: And that that's was long months gone. ago, right? That was before the holidays, if I remember that right. That was... Hell, that was pre answer the call, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So that's long gone. So I was very tickled that. Uh,
0: You've got more
2: yes, which uh, I guess leads us into nicely. Why the hell was I in uh, your neck of the woods? I
0: was going to say, yeah, you, you were down here, uh, crossed down from the Great White North uh, for a good reason, which we're going to get into here in the show later. And I'm actually, I'm really excited because what happened was you and I, we did this press event and uh, we even talked about it because we had a, a good meal afterwards with Mr. John and, uh And we all had this sort of malaise. We were all sort of like... The adrenaline wore off and we were just, <laughs> we didn't really get to talk a lot about stuff. So, so we've saved that conversation to have here on the podcast with you guys, uh, listening, listening live that we can sort of recap and, and decompress from, from what happened. So, uh, but what I've done is we've, we've sort of saved that to last So we'll do some news We have, uh, we have to start off on a, a kind of sad note So we'll, we'll talk about that Then we'll talk about some happy stuff uh, A certain comic book just came out So we're going to talk about that really quickly first uh, And then we'll get into uh, the reason that you were down here So, ready? News? We can totally sure. do this now Here comes the news Hey, guys, Peter. I have some news from the world of Gozer. I got some pretty cool stuff
2: cooking up over here if you want to you turn your head.
0: Multiplanar curly and emanation. Now, yeah, well, here's your next month's cover of GQ. Check out the aura on this sucker.
2: 12 times 41 grams. <laughs> if I drank it all in one night, I'm just trying to figure out how screwed I. Am.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're basically not going to sleep tonight. That's, I think, how. Mm, it's basically. basically yeah. Uh, this is like Yellow, when you took five. A five hour energy. Or no, it was like a monster drink uh, in the middle months. of the podcast. And, <laughs> and
2: I will tell you now, monster, uh, monster zero, middle age one. Because <laughs> I had that and I was okay. Like for the like, I made it through. It's not like it. It didn't really go up. It didn't really go down. And then I kind of toddled around and I went to bed and I was out like a light. So monster drink. No! 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 Oh my God! All right, it can't! It can't! It can't! It uh, can't fight uh, nature at the end of the day.
0: <laughs> if you're it sleepy, you're sleepy. The
2: Sandman.
0: No! Oh, oh, it's so creepy! I can't! I can't do it.
2: <laughs> is that the carbonated? <laughs> Are you having carb-free Monster Energy drink?
0: <laughs> it's you've sort of deviated into a uh, Vincent Price territory for a second. There. A little bit.
2: My throat is a little weird.
0: Behold. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> I got on the I got on the plane as we'll talk about here in a little bit, and my throat seized up. Like I'm, we talked oh, about this man. last week. I'm back to fighting a little something again, yeah. whatever the hell it is. And um, I don't know, more death. I might be fighting death, is what it is. My slow decline into uh, decrepitude. But I got on the plane. It was something about the dry air or something, and my throat just clang. Oh. And like I'm literally on the plane. Like I knew if somebody wanted to talk to me. The best I could do was a whisper. I got nothing. Like, so I got off, and uh, like I said, air and pressure, whatever the hell it was, it kind of loosened a little bit, got to the office. I was really croaky. Woke up the next day, went to the office, and I was Bob Einstein all over again. <laughs> like I was 100% Super Dave Osborne.
0: Oh, no. Well, you sound well, pretty good regardless of that. And that's I'm it's okay only now. a mere couple of days after. So,
2: well, the medicinal right.
0: uh, healing powers of high C ecto cooler, high C ecto cooler. We're, we're touting we the praises it, we, of nutritional and right. healing powers here.
2: People could say I'm shilling for them, except for the fact that you know they're not really selling not, anymore. Not so, being sold. yeah,
0: I'll talk about it all I want. You're yeah. shilling for the aftermarket because that's exactly mm-hmm. what you're doing. But, um, our right, shilling well, for 99
2: cents only. Sorry. <laughs>
0: We really are. This is the third time we brought it up, but uh, um, no. So uh, let's let's start out the podcast by remembering uh, one of one of our own who has fallen, and it's actually somebody that we had mentioned. Oh boy, it's been maybe two months now because he was auctioning off some of his artwork, and and uh, I believe kind of
2: it was early January. January, if I recall okay. correctly. Yeah, so
0: it's been a little all, three months, a uh, give or take, but um, yeah. So uh Bernie Wrightson uh who uh, so a storied illustrator somebody who until this happened until he passed away I really had no idea how how deep his work went, how how big his portfolio was. You know, I kind of knew he was a very macabre artist. He did a lot of really cool stuff for Ghostbusters, which you know uh, we've we've seen in the Making Ghostbusters book, we've seen in the storyboards. You know, he's done all of those illustrations of Slimer holding the bottle of wine, and and just really amazing stuff for Ghostbusters, but. Uh, was not aware that he worked on Marvel Comics and co-created Swamp Thing and uh, co-created Destiny with Neil Gaiman. Um, God, what else? Uh, Did adaptations of H.P. Lovecraft and Edgar Allan Poe. He did... Creepy
2: uh, creepy Magazine uh, and uh, House of Mystery.
0: Um, and then he worked on uh, a lot of uh, comic book adaptations of films, including Creepshow and and a lot of the Stephen King stuff. Um, he, uh, I mean, at, in his obituary, they talk about he worked on Spider Man, Batman, The Punisher, uh, covers for DC, Nevermore, Toe Tags, uh, Frankenstein Alive. I mean, I it's we printed out his obituary here, and it's two pages long, Chris, and it just it goes to show you know what he's done, and and so you know, kind of going back to what we initially started out talking uh, about his work because he did, he did concept illustrations on Ghostbusters and about uh, three months ago, we had talked about that. He had put up some of those concept illustrations for uh, the, the temple of Zul, the portal that was going to be opened by Gozer and, and what you saw and, and, uh, that concept art sort of made the movie blog rounds as the Ghostbusters go to hell, and everybody was talking about it. it was the unseen concept for a Ghostbusters movie, and uh, go, go back and listen to that uh, quite a bit because we talk about it in depth. But, um, but at the time, I didn't realize that he did concept illustrations for uh, Galaxy Quest and Spider Man and Land of the Dead, uh, The Mist. Um, you know, it it seems like he was sort of the go-to anytime you needed something that. Had this very particular, again, macabre is like the only word that kind of comes to mind. Yeah. but it, it, just a a very particular style sensibility, like the ghosts and Ghostbusters, like the creatures, like the taxi cab driver, and 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 things like that. He was the go to artist, and uh, and I feel. I actually feel ashamed that I didn't realize his full body of work until now after he's passed away. Uh, Chris, you, I mean, you, you knew him a lot better than, than I did in terms of his work, right?
2: Yeah. Um, initially I kind of, the earliest I recall is I recall the house of mystery and all that stuff like earlier, although I didn't really realize it was him, Uh, but when I first kind of twigged to him was his, uh, Swamp Thing. Yeah. Uh, I kind of, kind of knew it from there. And then later on in life, when I started on, um, uh, Constantine, the Constantine comic series, um, the guys who got that one off the ground, um, Grant Morrison, I guess, I think it was Grant Morrison. And anyways, they, uh lifted the character heavily to feature in some of the stories. And, of course, that meant they would give credit to, you know, Swamp Thing by, yeah. by Bernie Wrightson. And then um, University, I think, is when I uh, – I th- actually, it might have been about that time when it came out, was his illustrated uh, Frankenstein. Not a graphic novel. Rather, he illustrated a reissue of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, and I don't, I, it's not like I've taken a poll or anything like that, but I think if you asked around, that thing's kind of top three, maybe even top two. Because mm. I don't even know, in our circles, everybody kind of thinks, oh, well, we know him from Ghostbusters as well as his other sure. stuff. I think if you asked the general public that might know who Bernie rights in it. Comic readers and and art fans and all that, um, you know, Swamp Thing had come up, and I think, yeah. frankly, his Frankenstein. I would wager that the, the edition of Frankenstein that he did, which still sells, by the way, um, might be like possibly one of the number two best selling editions of wow. Frankenstein ever. Like, unbelievable. I, um, yeah, I remember when it initially came out, and then I got myself a copy several years ago. At a used bookshop, that was quite nice. And for my birthday a few years ago, friends of mine bought. They reissued it as a, like a, a hardcover. So I have a really nice hardcover edition of it. Um, hmm. Well, frankly, it's in a box somewhere right now, but it'll it'll have its place here in my office shelf shortly. And uh, it's beautiful. Like it's the book, but at key moments you know there's the full page illustration, the you know, board yeah. illustration. And um, that thing um, that's the, that's kind of where it all snaps into place where you realize that he's a a superlative artist but man did he have the human anatomy and not only that but what happens to it when it <laughs> <laughs> when it starts to waste away <laughs> down pat. Yeah. So uh, it doesn't surprise anybody to go, you know, like one of the concepts that um, survived 100% because he did little bits of everything for Ghostbuster, but the one that made it in basically untouched was the taxi driver yeah. ghost. Yeah. It's like he dro- uh, 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 dro- they, he droodled it. He doodled-dirted. <laughs> he drew droodled. it. I don't know. <laughs> Processed. <laughs> uh, he, he drew it, and if you look at the sketch of it, uh, what ended up in the movie, Spot on. Like, the, yeah. the modelers just copied what he did. It was amazing. Uh, um, yeah, his was... Frankenstein is not... It's not the... It's That's the way I think his Frankenstein edition is so popular as it is. Is Hollywood kind of cemented the, you know, the electrodes in the neck. Flat-headed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, ripped jacket. Hot platform-shoed. Blah. That kind of, fire bad kind of Frankenstein. (laughs) Whereas he literally drew a guy made of different body parts. Like, he's he's tall and kind of, you know, muscled just because he's huge, but thin and lanky hair and drawn face. And, oh, it's and it matches what Mary Shelley wrote much more closely than what Hollywood turned it into. So
0: yeah, I'll have to go pick that up. That, that that's one that I was not familiar with either, but, um, I mean, so it's a beautiful one. and, And what, what this has done is it has inspired me to sort of go through and dig, dig through the work that he has done. And especially to revisit the stuff that he had done for Ghostbusters, because at a certain point after he passed away, I realized a lot of the designers that were responsible for Ghostbusters, like your, uh, Michael C. Gross's and your John DeCure's and your uh, Theoni Aldridge's and uh, everybody that was responsible for the design of the original Ghostbusters, Stephen Dane, um, they're all gone. And so I, yeah. I flipped through my Making Ghostbusters book, uh, you know, uh, last night and had completely and totally forgotten. Uh, do you recall, Chris, uh, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man Uh, initially in the original concept from Dan Aykroyd that was sort of an intermediary like Gozer takes the form of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man they take care of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man and then all of a sudden this giant like skeletal Uh creature emerges like out of the moon Um, and it's just it's the most terrifying disgusting horrible creepy thing that you've ever seen and it's a two page spread in making ghostbusters so that's why it's even more striking but you know this this skeletal monster was going to be looming over them on the rooftop building and and of course especially in 1980 three or 84 when this was in production everybody was like, Oh my God, we can't do that. Are you kidding me? How are we ever going to accomplish that? Uh, <laughs> yeah. now it's, it's easy. They could model that all and it becomes Rowan and, and the new Ghostbusters. But, um, yeah, some
2: of, some of his elements of Slimer made it into the final Slimer.
0: Um,
2: particularly the ones he did for the storyboarding. Yeah. Um, I know that uh, Alice, the librarian, um, the the librarian ghost, close, very close. Yeah, very and he close. Did the trans- yeah. He basically did the, the the jump scare transition of her. You know, started with the library ghost, and so she doesn't have glasses in the movie. But again, it's not far off what he drew. Like butt hair and a bun and the, the high frilly collar and all that yeah. and it goes from her scary face to you know transitions into the, the monster and he, he drew that one too I mean you'd be hard pressed to find another concept artist you know other than maybe well, not as a concept artist but you know Steve Johnson or something like that that kind of impacted the movies heavily the creatures, as, as yeah. he did because he like I said he drew everything and the, the thing I love most about it is that he falls into the category of storyboard artists where he cuts very few corners. Like, the detail he puts into the figures, especially foreground, like, he'll chintz a bit if a character's in the background or something like that, but the amount of detail he puts into the character in the foreground, when I've seen other people, like uh, directors and uh, storyboard artists and all that, and they kind of keep it simple, right? Like... (laughs)
0: Like, yeah. Well, it's, he, uh, he's a line artist. He's used to doing panels in a comic book, you know. Yeah. And,
2: so, 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 storyboard artists tend to do well. Here's, you know, the movie will ultimately star, um, I don't know, like Harrison Ford or something like that. But they may or may not know that. So they just know that it's, you know, handsome leading man. So they just do a generic yeah. leading man, and the details are kind of simplified and it's kind of generified and you know the clothing is just simple lined and all that because really all they're trying to get across is what you're looking at and where the camera goes and dry in that arrow or whatever he drew it as if you were going to publish it as a comic yeah and it's like they're amazing like that's the only reason why we we were so fascinated by the the original concept art with the the wrist sh- shooters and sure, the, the baseball sure. helmets and all that because he drew them and drew them in great detail (laughs) yeah
0: and not not many storyboards uh for for properties of films that are sought after by collectors because they're so intricate and so detailed and pieces of art where you know a lot of times like you were saying the concept art or the sorry the the storyboards are not concept art it's just rudimentary figures with arrows so that the director knows their shooting plans and so um
2: very cool stuff For their association with the movies they're attached to, and you hit the nail on the head. People like it because it's Ghostbusters, no doubt, but they are frameable pieces of Bernie Wrightson art. They're amazing.
0: So, uh, so Bernie's wife uh, has been posting on his uh, Facebook and onto his website, you know, talking about uh, celebrations of his life that are going to be happening. His uh, his wife Liz has promised that there's going to be a celebration of his life that will be happening in a little bit. So, we'll we'll save some more conversation for when that happens because I'm sure there will be other people speaking first person about him and their experiences and working with him. That I, I feel like we can kind of dive back into that. Uh, when that time comes but very very sad uh bernie wrightson is one of those unsung heroes uh much like a stephen dane you know who is responsible for a lot of the stuff uh, that are, are, are many of the reasons that we are doing a ghostbusters podcast for this this uh what, what are we on to 97th time 96th time we're getting pretty close to 100 here um But, you know, it's uh, things that have kept us talking for 30 plus years, things that have stuck in our heads, these iconic images that that uh, Bernie Wrightson was responsible for. So uh, very, very sad. And and especially to have to go uh, from fighting brain cancer. That's that's even that's rough, man. Yeah, that's harder. So
2: it's sad um, in a lot of ways. Um, It's a little uh, bittersweet that he didn't get to see the taxi driver ghost come out as an action figure, which yeah. I think would have been probably a really big deal.
0: Um, yeah, it would have uh, tickled him. But
2: the flip side of the coin is, is you know, a lot of artists go their whole lives, you know, unheralded or unknown. or It's one of those things where they pass away, and that spurs people paying attention. Bernie Wrightson has been world-class and well-known for decades.
0: Yeah. Look at Guillermo del Toro and Mark Hamill and so many people on Twitter. I saw, you know, talking about their, their respect and their love for him. Um, so uh, all of our best to his wife, Liz, his two sons, uh, thinking about you guys, um, and uh, we'll, we'll definitely have more on Bernie Wrightson uh, here in the future. But um, so uh, keeping things moving, because we do have an interview that we're going to get to here in a little bit. Uh, and I also know that it's on everybody's minds. Uh, we hang should on, talk. Hang on.
2: Hang on. This can's dented. I better drink it. <laughs> All right.
0: I'm are ready. You, are you going for two ecto coolers?
2: It's dented.
0: Oh, boy. botulism. Um, so,
2: <laughs> uh, what is it 1935 <laughs> what are you talking about Botulism. this can
0: is dented
2: Size it says right here pasteurized uh, so, alright
0: well I'm sure it's pasteurized I'm sure there's enough chemicals in there to keep it uh, you know Twinkie uh, shelf ready for for years but
2: 82 uh, grams of sugar let's
0: go bring it on uh, alright Ghostbusters 101 issue number one uh, as we are talking at hit shelves today uh, yes. v- response has been crazy off the walls. Uh, everybody's uh, flocked to stores. I saw Paul Feig went to the Perky Nerd in Burbank uh-huh. to go pick it up. Uh, good, good photo op there. Um, we will have a full cyclotron soon. Couple of fun uh, special guests that we're working on scheduling for that. But uh, in the meantime, Chris, did you get a chance to read it? Have you? I did. Uh, f- first, first impressions <laughs> of it. I, I loved it. What I, did you think?
2: I, I bought digital on IDW as a backup that I wouldn't be able. to and make it to the store, and somehow <laughs> I made it to case. the store too. So,
0: oh, good! I did this. I did the um, digital and and flipped through it while I was at work, and yeah, it was it was great.
2: I liked it very much, and it did that thing that I guess is good in that I <laughs> they set up the premise, and I know where they're headed. The two teams are going to meet. And it doesn't happen in the first
0: issue. No, yeah, they leave that hanging. Uh, spoiler alert: they do not meet in the first issue. I think that's okay that's to say. That's not a spoiler. Is that a spoiler? yeah. And it's not a spoiler. Uh, we will we will do the full spoilerific uh, cyclotron. But you're cyclotron. right. Cyclotron. It, yeah. it definitely leaves you wanting more. Um, and and the great thing about it is there is a certain character in there that says, "I'm not the exposition person." That's usually somebody else's job. And and <laughs> like they're they're really setting up that this is the world that they're building, and then they're gonna they're gonna play with it. So uh, very yeah. very. Cool. Stuff. Um, because the issue launched uh, today, uh, our good friends uh, Tom Waltz, Eric Burnham, Dapper Dan Schoening, they have all been hitting the press circuit. Uh, previews, dynamic forces, I've seen a dozen interviews with the creative team on the book so good good for you guys for getting the word out there um good
2: good reviews rolling in from the comic sites as well
0: yeah good reviews i mean and and a lot of people have have started catching on especially with ghostbusters international knowing that you don't have to be a ghostbusters diehard fan to enjoy these comics they're good comics for for people who love art who love stories who love comedy uh, comics who love all of this stuff uh so pe- people have caught on and I'm, I'm really happy for that um yeah But, uh, so I I thought Eric in, uh, let's see, this was in the dynamic forces interview. No, this was in the previews interview. I think, uh, he, he gave us a little bit of origins, uh, for Ghostbusters 101 that I thought was very interesting and we can kind of just... Tee this up and it'll be a good precursor to talking about it on uh, the Cyclotron. But uh, he said Ghostbusters 101 was going to be a much smaller story with the guys straight up teaching their trade in between busts, largely the result of Tom Waltz, the Ghostbusters editor, and myself brainstorming ideas late at night during San Diego Comic Con when we were both a little punchy and there's no filter on the ideas. Fun stuff always comes of these sessions, and the bones of 101 were no different. But when Ghost Core was presented with that story, they had one small suggestion introducing the answer the call ladies to the multiverse that we had established in our prior crossovers. And what it did is it brought them into a continuity together as canon that still allows everybody to stand alone. So, uh, you know, they're because of the, the feedback to the movie, there were a lot of people that were saying, Oh my God, this is, means that now all the comics going to be focused on the new crew and the old crew is going to get left behind. And no, this is, they're still operating in very different and you'll see, I mean, it sets it up so beautifully in the first issue, how things are separated. And, uh, calls back to Ghostbusters get real and, and the TMNT crossover. Um, so, uh, give it a chance. I think even the people that are apprehensive because of the ties to the reboot, uh, just uh, try, try a bite of it. Just try this. You might like it, but to coin a phrase that my grandma used to always say, just try it. You may like it. Uh, I'll
2: I'll go the other way. You're not leaving this table until you try some.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, fine. You're going to bed without dinner then. Uh, But uh but yeah uh,
2: uh yeah they they got it spot on the the voices of the answer the call team is uh rings just as true as the voices they set up with the original team I found reading the dialogue from the answer yeah. the call crew just matched perfectly
0: And it's and it's not uh, it it's not like it's not it doesn't feel forced or jarring or there's no jump. I mean, much like when, when the real Ghostbusters guys showed up in the pages of IDW, it didn't feel – it all felt like it was cohesive. It didn't feel jarring. It didn't feel like, okay, yeah. and now we join the real Ghostbusters and everything looks different and it, it works. It really works. It's seamless. So
2: We'll, um, <laughs> we'll get into it a bit more uh, in the uh... – in the Cyclotron, but I think the the one other thing that's uh, definitely worth noting uh, is that they established that the gate they've set up, which you and I talked before, is a bit of a giant deus ex machina. <laughs> uh, it, the, whatever the science is behind it, it's so only partially understood by them that uh, all it does is it opens up in alternate New Yorks. Right. It doesn't allow yeah. travel. It's not a TARDIS portal or anything like that. It just goes to alternate New Yorks. And if you leave it open, it tends to attract ghosts. So yeah. they don't like to turn it on all that often. So there you go. They, they've immediately established why this thing is not going to be you know, uh, used crazy left, right, and center.
0: Yeah, that's why it hasn't been mentioned before. That's why it hasn't been explained. And, and it's, it's, it's really great. I mean, again, Eric, these guys, they've, they have finally craft everything so well that uh, we're spoiled. We're spoiled by the IDW team. So thank you, guys. <laughs> but that,
2: it does beg the question. Who else is in New York that they can cross over with? Oh, Think about that for Snake a
0: while. uh, no, Ooh. Okay. <laughs> uh the,
2: <laughs> the ladies from Sex and the City. Yes,
0: exactly. Uh, Tom Hanks' <laughs> character, Josh Baskins and Big. Um, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that that portal, uh, v- variety of variety of opportunities for them. Uh, very excited to so, see where that uh, goes
2: golf clap for the idw team
0: yeah well well done guys um let's see uh quick quick news item here saturday night live uh coming up here starting in april will be live in all time zones west coast to east coast uh and what's up with that ratings i I mean it's it's one of those is that
2: like a moving forward they'll do it forever and always or is it a uh a surprise thing. Or... I think it's a
0: surprise thing. I think it's it's a good. It's. Because the West Coast is always watching it on a tape delay, obviously it's live for all of the people that are watching it on the East Coast as it's as it's unfolding in front of them. But then in order to not be airing at 8 o'clock at night on the West Coast, they throw it on a tape delay and, and air it after the news. But
2: but now it is going to be 8 o'clock your it,
0: time? It'll be at, Yeah, it'll be on at 8 p.m., which uh, to my wife's point, uh, it might be a little tricky for them because of content, because they're airing in prime time. I think that's the other mm. thing is they have – uh, you know, st- even though uh, we do live in a modern age where you can get away with a whole lot of stuff on TV, uh, Saturday Night Live usually has some more a- adult humor and adult situations that usually don't air in primetime, but uh, Yeah. could, could be uh, interesting.
2: They're an hour too early for the, what do they call it in England? The watershed.
0: <laughs> the watershed.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Nine o'clock. So that's uh, interesting.
0: So uh, so that's uh, the reason we bring it up is uh, because it's Saturday Night Live. Obviously, if you listen to this and you love Ghostbusters, you probably love Saturday Night Live. But also uh, Melissa McCarthy will be the host on May 13th. So we have a uh, live across all time zones, at least here uh, in North America. Uh, and, uh, Melissa McCarthy will be back on the screen, uh, most that's likely uh, with, uh, Kate McKinnon. So, and Leslie Jones and Leslie Jones. That's right. Three yeah. Three quarters so of the team, three of four, uh, maybe, uh, maybe the fourth shows up. Who knows? Maybe a walk on. Yeah. Why not? I mean, this yeah. is all, this is all sweeps. They're, they're doing this all for ratings. So I think they're going to throw everything in the kitchen sink at these episodes. Um, and then somebody <laughs> okay, mentioned I get, that, cause,
2: Oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. Christian DeWitt comes on as Angela Merkel. <laughs> ready they're set they've all got a role to play done away we go <laughs>
0: done uh so yeah so uh so stay tuned to that uh, another quick mm-hmm. news item here uh space hunter uh this this is one uh, we talked about it in like one of our very first episodes where we were t- the all of the ties to space hunter for ghostbusters uh, even some that I didn't know that you pointed out on our rundown Chris that I was like, oh, my God, you're absolutely right. I was disappointed in you, little man. Well, including the Michael C. Gross one, which was a no-brainer. I don't know why that was omitted on the – that was just an it, oversight. But
2: Space Hunter is, strangely, some sort of test bed for Ghostbusters. Uh,
0: yeah, like it the has, prototype. Yeah. Sorry? Go ahead. Like a, almost like a prototype, it felt like, right?
2: Well, yeah, it was with Columbia, Uh it, wasn't a huge runaway hit, but it didn't go bust. Um, And it was an effects movie. Not only that, it was an experimental effects movie because they had to work out a lot of 3D stuff on that one. Um, And yeah, it's where they they, uh, first ran into Ernie Hudson. Uh, His pal uh, Harold Ramis was kind of in the wings. His pal Michael C. Gross was helping out because I think... Um, uh, Mr. Gross talked about it in our interview with him. He talked about how they were kind of feeling a little in over their head, so they drew him in to kind of help help get that one uh, shepherded. He's uncredited. He's not on IMDb, yeah. but um, he's talked about it, and Ivan's talked about it, that he was in, involved in the fringes there. Uh, Elmer Bernstein, Mr. Elmer Bernstein, did the music for it. Wow. Which is possibly where the two of them hooked up.
0: I think uh, was that pre-stripes because he did do s- stripes.
2: No, that would have been after stripes. Yeah. Then. Okay. So, oh, then all it is is the cementing of the. Right. Obviously, they like working on stripes enough that it kept rolling. Yeah. Um, and it came out in '83, which means then that they made it '82, released in the like summer of '83, about the time that they were literally sitting in an office with these guys trying to sell them on Ghostbusters. And I, ooh, the timing is a little, I'd have to go back and double check when space Hunter came out, but basically they landed Ghostbusters as space Hunter was coming out. Yeah. And, uh, I'm wondering now that I think about it, man, if it was a couple of months either way, do you know what I mean? Like if space Hunter had come out and kind of was cold,
0: Oh, would it have they affected Ghostbusters? Do you, Ghostbusters? Yeah, do you maybe. think they
2: would have handed them $30 million? Or was the buzz high and they said, sure, go for it. Yeah, now see what went, we can oh, do with this
0: amount of money. Yeah, maybe. That seems
2: a little little flat, but oh, we've signed it. and Don't screw up.
0: <laughs> That's very true. That's uh, so, so the reason we bring it up is because uh, if you haven't seen it, you're going to have an, an, a much easier chance of seeing it because Mill Creek is going to release it on May 2nd on Blu-ray. Uh, HD uh, restoration, high definition, uh, in all of its glory, uh, for better or for worse, probably. It is (laughs) cheesy. It is pretty cheesy. Um,
2: Do you know if the Blu-ray maintains the Anaglyph 3D?
0: Oh, I don't don't know. That's a good question.
2: I would imagine Mill
0: Creek is one of those that it's probably going to be bare bones, but maybe.
2: See, here's my question. All these Anaglyph 3D movies that were out like and i i put this to uh, the world where they're trying to get us to move over to these polarized uh exp- expensive lenses too if we're in an like a 1080p world minimum surely we can go back to uh anaglyph on on some stuff yeah you know what i mean sell the old paper glasses do Come the old red and uh, yeah
0: red and blue uh red comic and blue books red again. and green yeah. yeah red and green yeah exactly i i don't I don't think that was in their sell sheet. Um, I'm guessing probably <laughs> not. Uh, unlike a shout factory or one of those places like, you know, shout select is doing the Where the Buffalo Roam uh, Blu-ray that's coming out. And the first question everybody asked was, "Will the music be restored?" And they said, "Of course it will be restored. Why would we release it unless it was?" You know. Um, yeah. This Mill Creek is a little. Uh, Mill Creek is like they pick up all of the stuff that nobody else wants to release and and they throw it out. There I was on about DVD. to say,
2: let's. I won't break their uh, their. Uh, bus say chaps too much over it, given yeah. that um i don't know that anybody was really rushing to put space <laughs> hunter space out on um, space
0: hunter in 4k yeah <laughs> yeah
2: it's uh it'd be like finding out slipstream was going to come out on on, <laughs> on blu-ray 4k uh,
0: don't knock it till you've seen it i guess
2: uh speaking of other that's another elmer elmer bernstein movie yeah yeah i like listening to elmer bernstein stuff around that time because depending on the genre there are elements of it that sounds like it almost could be used in ghostbusters
0: yeah it's definitely finding that voice i feel yeah
2: yeah was, well <laughs> i don't know if it could be called finding well th- i mean by yeah, that point that man was what i was gonna three, say three
0: three decades he's into... <laughs> magnificent seven academy <laughs> award-winning in you're right but fi- finding this comedic voice i guess I should there we say. go more because yeah, yeah, yeah. he's doing three amigos and stripes and he's sort of fi- uh, venturing into new territory is better than finding a voice i guess i should say but uh,
2: and it uh it gave
0: uh
2: young molly ringwald her start or well, at least a big right. break
0: yeah. Uh, so,
2: if you were of my age group, you probably had a crush on her.
0: Oh, Molly! Yeah, I still have a crush on it's Molly like Ringwald. St- still do. Oh, Molly. I know.
2: <laughs> Don't tell my wife. I know. <laughs>
1: hey guys, this is Josh Schlima. I'm
2: calling from Rhode Island. Huge fan of the podcast. I just listened to the podcast where you guys were talking about how when the marshmallow of the state men uh, melted, how everybody got away with third
0: degree burns. Uh, my theory on that has always been that when the Ghostbusters crossed the streams, it kind of rearranged his molecules and he turned into a slightly warm version of fluff, um, pretty much just coming out of the tube and melting on everybody uh, rather than being boiling hot marshmallow. So that's my theory. Um, hope you guys enjoy it. The Haida Park Resort, uh, which we know has Ghostbusters 5D, uh, coming here soon, uh, they have revealed a TV advertisement, which is like a trailer, uh, all in German, unfortunately, auf Deutsch, uh, however, um... Funft dimension. fünf Dimension, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so, what we're seeing here is what the ride is actually going to be, and it's sort of what we already knew, it's, our, it's what we've talked about, that you're in the Ectomobile, you've got these proton, uh throwers that you're holding on to and you're interacting with stuff that's all around you it's a I think it's a little deceiving in the sense that when you watch uh, video game trailers and it's not in-game footage and you're seeing cutscenes, you're yeah. seeing like the renderings of what the ghosts are going to look like in the proton streams and all that stuff so I think just in terms of design aesthetic is what we should be looking at and I feel like it's it's, it's pretty intricate yeah. it's pretty cool
2: uh, the company's TWBA or BA T-W-B-A? Manchester.
0: The the company that's doing the videos, you
2: mean? Yeah, they're a firm. And I had a look at their site, and they've actually worked with the park before on other attractions they've had. Yeah. And their sole job is they're creating uh, spots, multiple, as in more than one, and something called uh, filmed content. Uh, which I thought, or content films, which I thought was interesting. I don't know exactly what that means, but yeah. the spots I understand to mean, and going by their website, is that this one that is got released today is in German. But I suspect this is an ad campaign that they will be localizing all around Europe. Because hey, if you're in Europe, you can get to Germany yeah. pretty easy. So yeah. come and try the Ghostbuster ride.
0: I would say content films to me would probably, and I'm just speculating here, but, uh, to me knowing that there's a story that in, uh, integrates into the main character of the park, kind of their Mickey mouse figure Lord, uh, I yeah. forget his name. Um, but, <laughs> but I'm wondering I if that's going to be part of it too, like a precursor to my park is haunted and I need help. You know, the, the kind of stuff that sets up the story for you to go there oh, and, I see. Yeah, and, possibly. and become part of it. Uh, much, much like when you're in the, the queue at, um, the ghostbusters spooktacular and they had the, the videos that sort of set up before you got into the training with Lewis Tully and before you had the guide come out and tell you about the temple and yeah. uh, that kind of stuff. So that, that might be what that is, but
2: it doesn't tell us a lot. It shows us a bit of style, like you say. Uh, there's a still image that went with the article that showed off the the car, uh, the, or rather, the Ecto-styled
0: uh, ride car. Yeah, the dark ride car. Yeah, dark
2: ride car. Um, it's funny going back to that one we looked at and talked about ages ago. This one is kind of brought all that to life really it's not that far off
0: yeah it's uh, what i was supposed to be in shoot, was it a six fly? Was it magic mountain? I can't even remember now what that the, yeah, the one that we talked right. about that was conceptualized in the early eighties and, and never came to yeah. be, but, uh, this is basically it. That's basically it. So, um, very, very exciting on that front. Um, it sort of ties into what we're about to start talking about here with virtual reality, which is the main meat and potatoes here that we're getting into 45 minutes into the show. <laughs> um, uh, you know, it's it's the more immersive experiences that are happening for Ghostbusters, the more excited I feel like I'm getting because it's it is as a kid, you always want to strap on the proton pack and go out there and, and bust some ghosts. And now that we're adults and the technology's caught up with us, we don't have to use our imaginations anymore. It can just be done for us. It's great. So that's kind of what Hyda Park is doing. That's kind of what the virtual reality is doing. Uh, v- very cool stuff. Yeah. Um, And the reason that I make that segue is because I really want to start talking about the VR. I really want to get into that. Um, (laughs) Then go for it, man. Do that thing.
1: Alice, I'm going to ask you a couple of standard questions, okay? Do you believe in UFOs, astral projections, mental telepathy, ESP, clairvoyance, spirit photography, telekinetic movement, full trance mediums, the Loch Ness monster, and the theory of Atlantis?
2: What are you supposed to do? Some kind of a cosmonaut? What has that got to do with it? Back off,
0: I'm a scientist. So here's here's the here's the short version of the story, guys. Uh, Chris and I got an email from our good friend Eric at Ghost Course saying, "Hey, we're uh, we've got an event that's happening on Monday. Uh, we're going to show the the VR off to the to the rest of the world, and then it's going to launch on Tuesday. Uh, you guys should come down and try it out. We, and and of course." We jump on that opportunity. We want to do it. Uh, and and you heard it in our voices on the last show uh, from last week that we're like, we're going to go do this thing. And, and it, it sort of all came out of the blue. It was very spur of the moment, yeah. um, uh, which I think was both fun and also to a detriment, which we'll get to in a second. But uh, fun in the sense that we had no idea what to expect. So we went down to this press event, and uh, they had... Uh, some of the Southland Ghostbusters, a very small group. This was not, if if you have seen pictures or you were lucky enough to be at the trailer event, this was a fraction of that. Very, very small. But the Southland Ghostbusters were there. A couple of the SoCal Ghostbusters were there. Um, and just just there to try out the experience and to um, sort of mark the launch date, I think, is, is sort of what the, the idea behind it was. So uh, Chris and I go down to Sony and standing outside, and a couple of the Busters go in, and I think, uh, oh shoot, I'm blanking on her name, but she was dressed up like Holtzman. She had her awesome Holtzman cosplay, uh, going one of the Southland Ghostbusters, and so she was one of the first people in there. Uh, unbeknownst to all of us, she goes in and she experiences the VR, they throw the PlayStation 4 goggles on her head, uh, she does the full first chapter, and then when she pulls the goggles off, Dan Aykroyd is standing in front of her. Now talk about immersive virtual reality. All of a sudden you've got Dan Aykroyd standing in front of you, uh, helping you get the goggles off and asking you how, how your experience was. And uh, there's there's a great video now of it because they were filming uh, some of the people when it happened. And and it wasn't the like, oh my God, Dan Aykroyd. It's, there's a moment of disorientation when you pull the virtual reality goggles off and then all of a sudden you're faced with Dan Aykroyd. And I think you can see it in everybody's faces like, Wait, hold on. Am I still in the Matrix? What's going on here? Uh, bearings not quite right. Uh, but so at any rate, so a, a very fun press event. Uh, big, you know, it's, it was a stunt for for publicity, and, and I think it worked really well. Um, but what it meant for you and I, Chris, was we got to do the Ghostbusters VR experience, and I don't have the six hundred dollars goggles, and I don't have the Move controllers, and I don't have the camera, and right. all the stuff that you need uh, to experience it with. So you and I got to go in there, uh, together and we got to, to, to do the VR experience. And I was, I was actually really impressed and, and having gone and done the, the void experience, uh, the, the bar was set pretty high. Um, this is definitely not the void experience. This is, you're supposed to be, you know, sitting on your couch with these headset, uh, uh, goggles on. Um, but it, it was a lot of fun. I felt like the fidelity and the, the, um, the resolution of the goggles was great. You know, when you try out the Google Glasses and you can see the sort of pixelization and the dots and it just it takes you out of it. This, it looked great. It sounded great. Uh, the experience itself was very short, which I know a lot of people have been commenting on. It was, I think it's just, it's a tutorial. You get one bust and you kind of get your bearings and it's over, but, um, but it, was, it was fun. Uh, what, what, was, what was the, what struck you the most about the experience, Chris? What, what stood out to you about that VR?
2: Um, what stood out the most was um i <laughs> it's funny it it i got it acclimatized to it pretty quick there, but there was a couple of times that I found myself uh, uh, how do I put this there's a in v r you kinda have to you're supposed to it's supposed to immerse you yeah. in the world through the thing, but at the same time you almost kinda need to maintain some small semblance of but I'm in VR. Otherwise, you'll do what I did, which is Slimer will will fly past you, and instead of turning my head and using the buttons, I literally turn myself, which does work. <laughs> but then in real yeah. life, I'm sitting there going, "Which way's the TV again, idiot?" Right, <laughs> um, right. So. Well,
0: and and you have these move controllers in your hands that are still yeah. very they're they're console controller based. So a lot of your stuff that you have to do is push the X button, push the triangle button, and you have these goggles on that completely eliminate your peripheral view. You know, you're immersed into this, uh, 360 degree world. So you can't look down. And if you're not familiar with the move controllers, uh, at least there's like the trigger, uh, uh, trigger button. And then the thumb button, which are the most utilized buttons. And those are the easiest ones. But to, to retract a trap, for instance, you have to push the X button. And I was like, I don't I don't know the controllers well enough. I think X is bottom left, and then there's a little bit of a trial and error period, which, you know, which is a you little know, frustrating. makes sense
2: that the first chapter is, you know, the tutorial, then you get it all sorted out. Um, I did like looking around the lab. Uh, there's a bit right at the beginning uh, with a hot dog cart, and the way I would like it in interacting with the world would be it's kind of like wandering around the real world using salad tongs to pick things up
0: <laughs> it really is but they, they break like, you into it slowly with the hot dog cart and a couple yeah. of other things yeah very
2: quickly like i mean it's easy to use it, like and very quickly this hot dog cart is covered in cans and hot dogs and all this and i'm picking them up and you know as i rotate my wrist and the controller and all that it rotates the thing around like so it, it is literally like picking up you know a cup off the counter with a pair of salad tongs and you can look rotate around and look at it and toss them away and all that it was very easy to use but you know there's it's not like there's any haptic feedback or anything like yeah. that yeah there's no tactile sense of the world but it is fun to get in there um spoilers kevin has left his uh headshots everywhere
0: <laughs> there yeah there are a lot of i wish i would have had more time to sort of just wander look around and, and just gawk at stuff. Cause I felt like we were on a time <laughs> yeah. crunch. Like we had to go in there and do our we thing did. in five minutes. And, and,
2: I, and... I noticed they weren't, they weren't really prompting us. They were letting us do it naturally. Cause part of this too is, um, you know, the devs were there, so they love to see how people interact yeah. with this stuff. So I took that. So, so I find out afterwards, they're like, Oh yeah. And if you hit the uh, answering machine, you'll hear uh, Kevin's message. And I was like, where was the answering
0: machine? <laughs> yeah. I didn't even see the answering ah! machine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I think that that's what struck me the most was there is a a really great, it's, it's almost like being in one of Dan's panels in the IDW comics, there's just stuff on the walls and there's stuff on the ground. And, um, and, and the nice thing about it, you mentioned Kevin's headshots, but it's also, there's classic stuff in there too. So like when you walk up again, spoiler alert, but when you walk up to the equipment table, you've got the 2016 proton pack with a classic ghost trap and then, um, I, did we determine they're like grenades? There's a bunch of like greeblies that kind of look like the tripod traps. That's how John Yerkava descri- described, described him. I'm stealing that from him, but yeah, um,
2: there and were, and there was crates of some other type of container that I didn't get into either.
0: Yeah. Um, but lots, lots of cool little details like that. And well, and, and again, I'm sorry, guys. I just want to talk. So there, the containment unit, uh, you do go down to the basement and the containment unit is the classic containment unit that you remember from the original film. Um, with touches
2: with, of the comic one, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, with the comic and a little bit of the video game, it's sort of like a hybrid between <laughs> the video game, uh, yeah. the, whatever the, the, the container that Slimer is in, in the firehouse. Uh, so, V- very cool stuff um and again it's it's one of those places i i kind of wish that it wasn't just the tutorial i wish that we could all kind of go in there and maybe have our our virtual avatars and we could all just hang out in the firehouse you know yeah uh, and make make it just a, a virtual world that we can all hang out and and do a live cross rip or something uh to that effect but um but it was it's a it's a very cool experience it it did uh because at the end with the uh emotions riding high and I'm like, Oh, that was awesome. I want to do it again. And then I, I thought about buying the goggles and everything. And I'm like, well, it's $600. I can't do that. But it did, it did almost prompt me to want to purchase the the equipment. So um, yeah. I think that's very telling as to how much I enjoyed it. But um,
2: one last thing we should probably shout out is um, <laughs> taking leaps and bounds from his Frank Welker voice in real ghostbusters uh moogly has uh, been oh. upgraded yes to a new century with the voice of Patton oswald which is spot
0: on oh man it's it's spot on i mean the not just because of of Pat Oswald's voice, um but also his tone. I mean, his delivery on some stuff, and, you know, he's got this line where he says, "Hi, I'm Moogly. Don't ask. It's a family name. It's you know, a family like, name. Just, just uh, just perfect. He fits into the universe so well. it's the it's one of those that he
2: acts as the um as the
0: what would you call it, the guide i guess yeah and your narrator your cortana or whatever yeah
2: yeah i'm not sure how much he exists into the next chapters but uh hopefully he'll pop
0: up again uh, uh and and he's sort of like you said the guide but he's also your like all right when you're finished being a dope doing this come in you know bust yeah. that ghost you know he kind of k- keeps you moving along which is nice um and does it in a way that only Pat Oswald can, uh, which is, it was really cool. And, and we do talk a little bit about that. So, uh, we do have, uh, Jake Zim, who's the senior vice president of virtual reality at Sony. Uh, he's going to talk to us here in a second. Uh, but, uh, but, but before we get into that interview, uh, in hindsight, Chris, and I wish I would have known this at the time of the interview, spoiler alert, it's not happening at this moment. Um, I wish I would have known that we weren't going to have a lot of the details of the virtual reality release. I thought for sure that everybody was going to know price point, release date, what, what equipment was needed, um, all the details that you need at launch. Uh, so we don't get into that with him in the, uh, the interview. So we might want to just sort of run through it here, uh, just as a public service announcement, which that if anything, going back to what I was saying as it being a detriment uh, it, because it happened so quickly and because they launched this, uh, very much a surprise to everybody. I think including a lot of the outlets like IGN and, and the video game places that usually cover this, it was a complete surprise to them. So a lot of people were not armed with all of the details that were were needed. And there was a little bit of, of uh, consumer confusion. You know, I think, Chris, you fielded quite a bit of it on Proton Charging saying, like, Wait a minute. Do I need the Move controllers? Uh, is it free? When is it? Is it a download? Is it? You know, a lot of those sort of fine-tuning details, fine-grain yeah, details uh, were, were left out. Oh, sorry, I thought you were gonna say something. No. <laughs> uh,
2: Did you? Do you want me to jump in?
0: Well, no. Yeah. I mean, I think so. Maybe if we just give give people a, a little bit of a, a heads up here. So, you do need the Move controllers. It is available in the PlayStation Store for six ninety nine. That's right, U.S. Uh, U.S. I,
2: I believe it works out to ten bucks in the Canadian stores. So it is
0: available in Canada as well. Then
2: it is not, US however, available Canada. in Europe. Um, the best we've been able to find out is they have not set a date, but it is probably at least a couple of months down the road for Europe in the world.
0: So I mean, and I think it is safe to say that it will be a world. I mean, PlayStation. Because There's it's no all Sony subsidiary, it yeah. will be. They maybe they have yeah. to localize the voices and and things like that. So that's that, probably taking that's a little bit
2: of time. That's usually what slows these things down a little bit. Is production is uh, uh, up to a certain point, and then they'll roll it out in the English, and they still got to get it. Uh, yeah, yeah, get it localized. Now uh, that will have some people begging the question. You know, uh, I'm in England. I don't need it localized but <laughs> you unfortunately have fallen into a different market territory so
0: yeah, that's uh, Sony Sony Europe sony uk i forget what their exact subsidiary is yeah
2: yeah it's all linked in with selling to the rest of the yeah. european nations and they do want it localized right so,
0: yeah so sorry and
2: actually it's probably. but i'm in australia i don't need a localized you fall into another market territory
0: <laughs> and, um <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so at any rate, uh, I, that information, unfortunately, we don't have, and I don't think anybody has at this point. So as soon as it is nope. available, you know, we'll let people know, obviously. Um, and uh, in terms of other questions, uh, yes, this is just the first chapter. It's like a five to ten minute experience, um, and we don't have release dates, and we will get into that with Jake here a little bit. We don't know when the, the next chapters are coming out. So this is not something that has a scheduled release where – You know, next month, this time, we'll be talking about Chapter Two. We actually don't know when Chapter Two is coming out. So, um, however, Chris, you had mentioned uh, there's other VR. And and again, we talk about one other one in in our uh, interview with Jake, but there are other ones that were released.
2: Yeah, Ghostbusters, we get into it in the the interview, is the second release for them. But just today, they announced four more titles coming out of a development uh, group they're working with in China. Um so Sony is Sony is got um got some uh, serious interest invested in the, their VR properties. I mean that, make, that makes sense. They've, you know, the hardware's out. They want people to enjoy it now, which means they got to make content for it. So yeah, yeah. I I see this Ghostbusters uh first chapter as a good setup. Uh we'll see some more content dropping uh, pretty soon. That's from Sony itself. That's not even counting other groups that are be sure. kind of producing yeah. uh, VR uh, content for it. So, yeah, it bodes well. Like I said, I w- kind of came out of there going, well, you know, this is only the second one, and that seems early days, and like they're testing the waters and all that. And then no, they're not really testing the waters; <laughs> they're jumping in. So they're that's jumping good. in.
0: Yeah, they're they're really investing in it. So uh, and and I think because they know that it's an investment for us as well, that you're. Putting six hundred bucks into just this VR experience, uh, in addition to the six hundred bucks you put into the console, uh, they yeah, they're going to start packing a, that content for you.
2: It's like everything else. Um, you know, the consoles drop in price slowly over time, um, and I think with VR, they see the success of it hinging on it has to live long enough for the hardware. You know, for the demand to increase. You know, production production to uh help bring down the price etc to till we're at the point where instead of having to drop you know a grand to get all this up and running you know it's down significantly closer to say you know half that and i think at half that the world kind of catches fire yeah in terms of more
0: affordable from a, a bigger audience
2: yeah because then you're it's not it's the, much the same way that the the bleeding edge of the new console markets when they come out um, you can you convince them to come to you for you know four to six hundred bucks and uh, they'll think about it because as far as they can tell that's a good investment moving forward. The rest of the market will come along later as things start to drop or the content increases and it's the same here if you can get to that bleeding edge point of. We just spend five hundred bucks. The the rest of the market will will jump in. Right now, yeah. the leading edge people are. Uh, shout out to the Ghostbusters, British Columbia. Those of you that have the the VR setups, you're. Uh, <laughs> we salute you.
0: Yeah, you're ready to go, guys, and we are not, unfortunately. But uh, <laughs> so let's uh, let's jump into it here with Jake, um, because we we had a little bit of uh, an opportunity to sit down with him while we were sitting waiting for. Uh, for our turn uh, in the the press lineup to go uh, test stuff out, and and Jake was kind enough to give us some time here on the podcast. So uh, here's here's us talking with Jake Zim, uh, Senior Vice President of Virtual Reality at Sony.
1: Uh, Introduce yourselves uh, for all of our listening audience. Cool, Um, I'm Jake Zim, I'm the Senior Vice President of Virtual Reality at Sony Pictures. And so, uh, is that part of the the digital group or is it its own own subsidiary in in so Basically, we're kind of our own little group within the motion picture group. We sit within the consumer products group, which is in the marketing group. Um, But at the end of the day, we are a, a, a production team that makes, produces and ultimately works with other groups within the studio to distribute virtual reality product.
0: So is uh, tell us about Ghostbusters. Is Ghostbusters first out of the gate for your division then?
1: Or? Almost. Almost. Uh, last week, um, we launched Passengers Awakening, the virtual reality experience on uh, uh, Oculus and Vive. And it's going to be coming to PlayStation very soon. Oh, nice. And so for the in-home market, uh, that was our first uh, premium paid VR experience. And now Ghostbusters, uh, now hiring is coming tomorrow for PlayStation. And those are our two in-home products that we are about to uh, have. Probably by the time your listeners hear this, it'll be, those will be out. We also have some location-based products. So we did the Ghostbusters Void experience in Madame Tussauds oh, okay. in New York. If you guys Which and your, nice your audience yeah, probably yeah. has heard about that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you get a chance to do it? I got
0: a chance to do it. You haven't done it yet, yet right? right? Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, it's also, we just announced we're going to be opening one in Dubai. So if you want to uh, head out there, and any of your audience who's in Dubai, <laughs> we got,
0: there's a theme park out there that's got a Ghostbusters ride too that we
1: keep talking about. Exactly, exactly. So so, so that's expanding uh, worldwide, more places to come. But yeah, Ghostbusters, this one um, is uh, almost our, our, our first experience. It's right on the heels of Passengers.
0: So I mean, what's important to to the Sony VR experience? Because there's storytelling, there's immersiveness, there's all of these different things that are components of virtual reality.
1: What What's the mission statement of the Sony VR team? Well, there's a couple things. First of all, what we're trying to do here is is figure out what, what the business of virtual reality is from an entertainment standpoint. So we all love the, the concept of VR being a new storytelling platform and the interactivity that allows, the activeness that it gives the audience is really exciting. We also want to see it as a business so we can really feed into a continuing economy of this thing and these things are hard to make sure. and really talented people work on them so we want to find a way to, to make this an ongoing thing and, and we're excited about what PlayStation's doing in the hardware set so our mission ultimately is to tell new stories on the virtual immersive platform uh, that live within the brands that we have right now so Ghostbusters is a perfect experience but the concept is let's take really talented artists who have stories to tell whether they're connected to the brand, like Ivan, for example, here, uh, and use this platform to give them a new way to to tell a story that people ultimately are really excited about, whether it's highly interactive or uh, a little more passive. Um, That's sort of the slider that we're playing with. Um, But that's the goal. The goal is to really build this business around the idea of creating new stories on these platforms.
0: But it seems like the the way you set it up with the chapter-based, you get the first chapter and then it sets up the second chapter, you can almost tell it as if it is a chapter book story that helps you build that
1: and keeps people coming back, right? That's the only thing, you don't want to give them the entire
0: experience all at once.
1: That's right. I mean, to be honest, if we knew exactly what the world of VR in terms of the platforms and the audience and the economics were today, we'd probably... Do things a little differently, but the 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 idea is let's let's learn this, let's figure this out, let's launch chapter one right now, let's let's get a better understanding of if we're doing it right. Uh, let's listen to the audience and the communities out there, and let's go back and keep working on chapter two and chapter three, and and uh, and and expand once we can optimize and get some data. That's good. Cool. Yeah, you can also tweak the chapters based upon feedback. That. That's, that's cool. Right.
0: So uh, chapter one, you obviously get the tutorial, and that's sort of your. Getting a sense of what the world is, but what did you like? What were the components that you wanted to get in there for the people to hook
1: them, line and sinker, to get into the, the Ghostbusters world? So we wanted to, we always start with story. What what is the basic story, and who are the characters within the experience that are going to be fun and, and have personalities? So you saw Slimer in there, and the idea is you've got to you got it you got to, you've got to you sort of pop Slimer out, right? Uh, And then you've got to chase him and you've got to get him into the containment unit, and that's kind of the through line, the direct path. But along the way, we wanted to have other cool characters. So you've got the Moogly character. You have got the introduction of Moogly. It comes off of the logo, and that was that was Ivan's idea. Once uh, we started with the tutorial, we showed him an early build, and and he said, "Nah, it's not fun enough. Let, you know, let, let's come right. up with something that's a little more crazy, and you know, let's pull Moogly." We were like, "Moogly? Who's Moogly?" He's like, <laughs> "He's like, oh, that's my name for the guy, yeah. <laughs> you know, the the character. Let's pull him off the logo and have him fly down and." You know, we'll get Patton Oswald to do the voice. Like, it's great casting, fa- yeah. Fantastic, good. perfect. Yeah. So, you know, then you add that character who's then your, your guide uh, throughout the experience. You've got the Mayhem character at the very end, you know, the villain. You've got the, the, the phone ringing, and you've got Kevin answering the phone, and you've got, you know, even little pieces, little objects, the donuts that you throw around, obviously the Proton Blaster that you assemble. So the, the core was, let's create something that gives people a thing to do, simple easy catch slimer. that sounds fun and then build around it with other characters and objects that will enhance the experience and make them you know feel like delightful little things that people have found yeah. and certainly it keeps you wanting
0: more at the end i know when we did it you get into the car the car revs up and you're like all right let's go and then it ends and you think oh no <laughs> Where
1: it? right I mean, look. We want to tease into the next experience. We want to keep people excited and interested. Obviously, we want to give them enough value so they feel good about what they've just paid for, because we are trying to sell these things. Um, but sure, the idea is to then open up the next level that would take start right where you left off on uh, from from Act One, and just keep people going through the world. So, is it a monthly download? How do the chapters work? Is it coming out monthly bi monthly? You know. I, I, I'll, to be honest, we'll learn as soon as this one is out, and we'll get a better understanding of the appetite and what the pacing is. We'll go back as soon as we start getting data and say, okay, people really want Act 2. Let's go. Let's push this launch date up. Um, or let's wait a little bit um, so we don't cannibalize you know, Act 1. Or do we then move into a bundling model? There's so much that... Frankly, it's wonderful because we have the ability to, to build this model and build this whole business without it being something that we have to totally change that exists already. So we're trying to figure out as we go, but it'll be based on what people say, what they, what they tell us in terms of the communities, and then also what the data says. That's
0: cool. Yeah, I can listen to them and, and tailor to the fans and so the people yeah. that are downloading it. Right. Uh, you mentioned the Dubai Void experience. Yeah. Anything you can divulge about other places that might be
1: getting the void uh, at this point in time? Nothing I can say officially, but I, I would say that the, the plan from the beginning has been to scale that um, worldwide, and that's what's going to happen. Excellent. All right. Uh, any last questions, Chris? I think we have to wrap it up.
0: Right? Yeah, no. I, that's fine. Yeah, I Excellent. All right. Cool. cool. Thank you so much. That was, Thanks, guys. Uh, really enjoyed this, and yeah. looking forward to seeing the next ch- uh, chapter. I couldn't remember how to work the trap. But I was Don't <laughs> nope, wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Ghostbusters. I'm sorry, we'll do it again. We want to hear
2: from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470 242 4742. That's 4702 GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page you and Twitter accounts. Chris is dead.
1: No kidding, just give me the address.
2: Search Facebook for the Ghostbusters. Interdimensional crossword. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Charger.
0: All right, very very cool. Thanks again to uh, Jake Zim for spending some time with us, and and for Sony and and Eric and Ghost Core for giving us the invite to uh, come out and, and test it out. I know we were, we were the lucky few. Like I said, it was a very small group and uh, had had a lot of fun that day. And uh, yeah, you may be hearing some more from that day coming up, possibly for a certain special episode that's right around the corner. Just uh, put that put that in the back of your heads and. Pay no attention that i hinted it
2: is it the very special episode where you're menaced by uh the bicycle repair man or the one where i get addicted to amphetamines
0: tonight on a very special mr <laughs> belvedere cross up cross grip cross up <laughs> mash up that's what i was going for i'm tired i got nothing uh, it, is, it has been a long show. We've been doing a lot of talking. Uh, what uh, you have final thoughts, Chris? We're uh, we're coming around the bend here on an hour and change. Oh,
2: yeah, what be you got? Coming around the bend. Uh, what? Um, yeah, I sort of have a final thought. I was thinking. I was thinking just the other day. Gee, it would be nice if somebody put out a comprehensive uh, technical guide on the Ecnomobiles. <laughs> I said, uh, Boy, that'd be great.
0: Cornered. Uh oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this may be something we'll leave for another day, but uh, um, I
0: yeah, can neither confirm or deny no, the. Pri- uh, yeah. Let's just
2: say the world would be well served <laughs> by a comprehensive technical guide to the I, I will and say I that I agree. Yeah, a strong, strong psychic sense <laughs> that the world. We'll get that book by the end of this year.
0: Uh, for your sake, I hope you're right. Um, yeah, uh, it's We're in a tricky position here, folks. Yes. This is, uh, we're dancing a, around it, is basically what we're as, doing. A, as a news outlet podcast that tries to be timely, um, but as possibly the author of something for which I'm not allowed to speak of currently under NDA because it has not been officially announced, even though you can pre-order it on Amazon if you wish to go do so right now. That's uh, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm in a tricky situation here so we can't really... Chris, no. is, Chris is being nice. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's 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 uh, allowing us to continue to be timely, but I, I, can't, I can't talk about it. <laughs> <That's>, Sorry, <guys. laughs> that's,
2: it's us doing the bare minimum so that later on we don't have to do the... No, we totally knew... <laughs> Which would be yeah. ridiculous because, I mean, we we, we do totally know. But, we we know.
0: Yeah. it's uh, Amazon is, man, they're on the ball. They want you to get those <laughs> pre-orders. So they. We talked about
2: that a little bit, that they, they are the 800-pound gorilla, that when they reach over and crumple your comic books and steal your tea, you don't get to go, hey, 800-pound gorilla, that's not allowed. Because <laughs> the 800-pound gorilla goes, what are you going to do about it?
0: Uh, your Amazon, sorry. Uh, I'll subscribe to Prime again. Will that get me back? Good uh, so yeah, good, Grace. So, yeah, stay stay tuned on that front. We we will talk about that, I promise. Say it's just. You, uh, Amazon,
2: yeah. Don't you spill those secrets. <laughs> or what? What are you going to do? Go sell it in a bookstore?
0: Oh. Ugh, oh, low blow. Too soon. But it will be available in. Just kidding. Uh. <laughs> it will it will be available in real real brick and mortar stores um yeah i'm just uh, gonna
2: take my 40 percent market share and i'm just gonna go yeah here's here's
0: your 10 let me just peel a couple off the top here thank you very much (laughs) sir that one
2: we got any leftover stock we'll send it back to you and uh, good luck to you kid (laughs) and i'm just gonna take this plate of cookies on the way out Uh, all right nothing you can do about it see you later
0: (laughs) Uh, anyways, yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah. Um, sorry, I'm skirting around it, and, and Chris is being nice. So, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll more, get back to it. Plenty, plenty more on that front. Uh, I've,
2: we'll give it a code name. Let's give it a code name. Code name. Oof. Uh. Uh. Print is dead. Code name. Print is dead.
0: Print is dead. Code. Yeah. Code name. Print is dead. Available on Amazon for pre-order now.
2: Now. Uh, yeah. And so when we make veiled references between now and whenever. To project Print is dead or code name Print is dead. You know what's going
0: on. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Maybe we'll, wink, we'll nod. We'll say Print is dead, and then you'll know. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Uh, I, and thanks to everybody that did reach out. I, I'm not ignoring you. I promise. I, it's just it's one of those tricky things where it's not announced and I'm not allowed to talk about it. So business, business. Yeah. Um, but uh, all right. Was that was that your final thought? That was your final thought. Huh? Right.
2: Yeah. It's late. I don't have too many. Yeah, same here. I'm That's full of. Not- sugar from <laughs> High C Ecto Cooler. Yeah,
0: sugar coma, here it comes. Well,
2: uh... Um, I think, uh, we finished up one contest
0: a few weeks back, did we not? We we did, and we're gonna announce the, the winners next week on the show uh, for the real Ghostbusters DVDs. We're gonna be getting those out to people, so uh, stay, stay tuned, that's coming on next Monday's show.
2: Yeah, uh, we'll be dropping in a little bug here shortly about, uh, calling in to the show um i think maybe we should run another round call on in and we'll do a a random uh random uh i don't know what people should call in about what they think they would like to see in future chapters of a virtual reality oh yeah world yeah and uh that's a good idea we have we have uh we have at least one uh vr key that we can give away
0: Oh shoot! Yeah, we do. We have a couple of those VR keys. That's a oh my god! I'm glad you're on this show, Chris. What would I do without you? We have Not those. More. Let's let's do that. So we'll <laughs> next week we're gonna give away a couple of those VR keys. Yeah. Uh, we'll 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 plan that uh, and we'll announce it when we announce yeah. the winner of last uh, the That's right. real Ghostbusters. Just, do just, yeah.
2: Head start, call in and uh, and all that. But we'll will we'll run it for a couple of weeks. And like I said, uh, if you don't wanna drop the dime give it try we yeah, got some codes we can
0: we can hook you up man we'll give you your first hit <laughs> and try, you know
2: kids. um you might be out there saying gee thanks chris and troy you guys are the best don't thank us this is believe me if i had a playstation 4 <laughs> with a vr setup that key'd be mine but uh
0: <laughs> That's as things are true. going <laughs> not not get not in the cards yeah no and yeah. uh you
2: know what colin even if you don't have one uh or intending to get one call in grab the key and then you can pass it on to a friend who does and go play it at his house
0: right? yeah exactly give it
2: uh, give it to a friend and because uh, you know she's got a setup
0: or just hold on to it and rock in a corner with it call <laughs> it your precious
2: yeah or wait three years until the price point drops and away yeah. you go
0: yeah and then you're ready to go uh, so yeah, so contest goodness coming up next week, we'll get that all uh, straightened out and, and announce it all on the show, uh, next Monday. So, uh, let's, let's cut it off. Let's, we'll call it a day. We'll call it a podcast there. And then we'll come back to you guys next week with lots of, lots of interdimensional cross rip goodness. It'll be fun. Come back next week. Won't you and join us? <laughs> all right, guys, we'll see you on the other side. Ow! Who you gonna- Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Cross-Rip.
1: Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. This used to be one of my two favorite shows. You're kidding me. Oh, great. What was the other one? Bassmasters. It's a fishing show. Everything you're doing is bad. You truly scare me. They want you to love it. Next week though, Careless Pets. Weird.
2: I'm going to open a third can.
0: No, don't. Don't do it. All right, I'll wait. Diabetes. <laughs>
2: Diabetes. Um, I'll hold out for vodka.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go.
2: You know what this sugar needs? Vodka. Vodka.
1: More starch. Vodka.
2: <laughs>